hope is that as we consider this week in joy, the power of joy, that we would begin to see that God works in our desires. See, I think God works in our desires and the longings of our hearts, the hopes, the dreams, the things where we just go, oh, I, that I might experience life. That is the God of Scripture. It says that God came that we might have life and have it abundant, have it overflowing, and I just believe joy is central in that. But in, in our pace of life, in the commitments of life, in the responsibilities of life, sometimes we begin to experience the connectedness. It thins. It distances. It, it, it kind of loses its texture and its touch and its tangibility. And this is what's so wonderful about the kingdom of God is the kingdom of God is not limited to like a building or to a 90-minute a service. But the kingdom of God is breaking in everywhere there are people. The kingdom of God is breaking in into hearts and minds and relationships wherever you are all the time. And he wants to bring the power of joy into those places and spaces day in and day out. You know, we looked at this last week, but power in uh, Webster's Dictionary is kind of shown as this idea of authority, as authority. The ability to act or produce, there's this influence and there's this kind of, this, this I was going to say power, right? Define power with power. It's power. But if you think about the power of joy, it's the ability or the authority to cause delight. To cause delight. And this is where we begin to like see that God wants to interact with you and with me and be a constant cause of delight in our lives. We're going to read some of the story um, that was highlighted during worship, which is just so great. And so as we journey through Scripture, I want to just start in Luke 2, and I'm going to read a little bit to you, just about three verses. And we're going to just look and see where joy is available to us. And it says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. See, they, they weren't at the, like, organized church service. They were doing their work. Anybody go to work? Anybody have responsibility? Anybody have things you got to do? Okay, we're all in the same boat. We all got stuff we got to do. This is what they were doing. They were watching over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Probably like kind of took them back a little bit. And they were terrified. I, I just think I'd probably be terrified too. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Saving One, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Luke 2.10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. All the people. Raise your hand if you're included in all the people. Welcome to the greatest story ever told. Good news. Cause of great joy for all the people. When the kingdom breaks in, this is the big idea for the day, when the kingdom breaks in, the love of God revealed in Jesus is a cause for great joy. It's all you need. It is always a cause of great joy. 
always a cause of great joy. There are plenty of things in your life that are not a cause of great joy, but the kingdom of God revealed in Jesus is always a cause of great joy. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. You know, there's this thing that I'm discovering in my own life about Jesus, and, and the more I can see the whole of my life through this story, the more I surrender my life and I step into the story of Jesus, that I begin to believe that it is true, that there is good news for me, there is good news for my life, and it is a cause of great joy. I begin to set the most important, the most primary truth by which I live. And you're invited into the same story. Remember the all people part? That, that's you. And that's me. All people. And we begin to step into this story. And this is what Advent's all about. It's the story, the anticipation of the coming of Jesus, the saving one, the Messiah. And so in week one, Alan gave this phenomenal message about hope, the power of hope. And he said this, hope can break in with one word. And hope broke in with the word becoming flesh and blood. The Word that was in the beginning was with God and is God. John 1, the Word, Jesus. When the Word shows up, it's a word of hope for you and for me. It's about presence. Jesus put on flesh and blood and he moved in to the neighborhood. He, he came close. Last week we looked at peace. I don't know about you, but I could always use more peace in my mind and in my heart and in my life. You know, I like to think I'm pretty calm, cool, collected, but in here, whoo, I can run with the best of them. My mind can just go. I can wake up in the morning already thinking about stuff. It is horrible. It's horrible. Like, as soon as my alarm goes off, sometimes like an hour before my alarm goes off, my, I will wake up immediately in thought. I might be the only one in the room, apparently, but that's okay. I could use some more peace, and here's the thing about peace. We talked about this in week two. The power of peace is found in the presence of God. It's all about presence and nearness. There's a God who loves you, who says, I want to be with you. I came looking for you. I came to seek and save you. It was a rescue mission all along. But it's about real presence. This is something we value here at the Vineyard, a real presence of God. When we were worshiping this morning, I just felt a sense of presence. I do right now. It's like chills. It's like goosebumps. It's just, trust me, I'm like hot up here. Like I had to take my vest off. I wanted to wear it, but I had to take it off. But it's this real sense of presence that there's a God who draws near. And the power of joy. That it's the presence of God's kingdom that makes joy even remotely possible. Like joy is a beautiful thing. This whole idea of delight I mean, even the word sounds nice, right? Oh, it's delightful. But it's about the kingdom and a real presence. And what we begin to see is that if you, if you will just begin to say yes to the kingdom and look at how the kingdom of God operates, and the kingdom of God is this, anywhere God gets the final say. Like, the ultimate authority is God's rule. He's the king. He's the top dog. He's the big boss. And you do what God says. You're under the authority of God. God is Lord. Jesus is Lord, meaning you do what God says. You do what Jesus says. That's the kingdom of God. Anywhere there's rule and reign. When the kingdom of God shows up, joy is always a sign of the kingdom. 
Joy is a sign of the kingdom. Enjoyment, delight, pleasure, joy is a sign of the kingdom. So where God is having his way and things are the way God intended them to be, say that three times real fast, joy is present. Check out earlier in the story, I read from Luke 2, now I'm going to read from Luke 1, starting in verse 39. This is, again, part of the story of Jesus' birth. It says, At that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Now just picture this for a second. Alan shared this part of the story in week one of our series. Elizabeth and Zechariah had been just under the weight of discouragement because they weren't able to have kids. And just in a powerful inbreaking of the kingdom, she begins to, she uh, gets pregnant, and it's John the Baptist, the one who's going to prepare the way for the Lord. And there's this encounter where, where her pregnancy, there's like this tangible leaping for joy. Now just picture, picture somebody leaping for joy. Is this it? No. Is, is this leaving for joy? No. It's like, woo! Yeah. I think about Phil Nicholson winning the Masters. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, nowadays it's like you get a buddy and you're like, oh, like, you know, you're just like leaping for joy. You're like, you're just so ecstatic you can't even stand it. And then you feel joy. And you can't help but smile because you're like, man, he's looking like an idiot. <laughs> but then your heart begins to go, oh, could I be that free? And this is the encounter of the kingdom. And then it just continues to play out. And listen to what Mary says. This is 46. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised just as he promised. It just rejoices. It wells up inside of you. And maybe you just want to be like, ah, and you just like, you just can't contain it. That's the call of the kingdom on your life. That's the power of joy that it breaks through all the stuff. That's Christmas. 
Jesus coming for you and coming for me. A sign of the kingdom. When the kingdom comes, Derek Morphew says, there is always the sign of joy. Joy is the free delight, the great pleasure and happiness that can only roll in when Jesus comes on the scene. Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit, that this is what you see in a Spirit-filled life, and it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Number two in the list. I mean, I don't know that they're like, it's like a priority thing, but it's there. Joy is a sign of the kingdom. It's something we need to pursue. It's fruit we need to cultivate. I was thinking this week about what joy looks like, and did you notice like all, most of the joy in that commercial was kids? But did you see it's still relational? It was, it was always like people in relationship to other people in relationship to a gift. And this is joy being shared in community. And um, I see about this invitation from Jesus to us to, be, to have faith like a child, Right? And sometimes we get a little bit older and we kind of like aren't really willing to like kind of jump like a crazy person in front of a room of people and slowly like the wonder and the majesty and kind of the mystery of things begins to fade and we kind of can harden and, and yet Jesus reminds his disciples you need to become like these little ones. And I think of, of all generations and all life stage, I think kids get joy. Would you agree with that? There's something about just the, like, unfiltered, just kind of pure elation that kids can just display. And, and I think there's something for us as we move through this season to just slow down enough to see what we can learn from the little ones. That we wouldn't just have faith like a child, but we would begin to live with joy like a child. So I was at small group this week, which, can I just give a plug? If you have not tried out small groups at the Vineyard, try it out in the, in the new year. It's a great time. There's going to be new groups launching. We should just, I encourage you to go for it. So we're at small group, and I got there a little bit late, uh, coming from a basketball practice, and uh, Lauren and, and our two youngest kids were already there, and I show up, and, and our youngest is Jaden. Jaden gives a lot of joy to our house. He brings a lot of joy to our house for a lot of reasons. He's 15 months old. Now 16 months, I guess. 16 months old. And, and I walked in, and I was sitting on the floor, and he was kind of like exhausted. Anybody ever been around a kid that's exhausted, and they start to kind of like just work through, like, um, like kind of, um, it just gets pretty silly before they just are so tired they like pass out. And I'm sitting on the floor, and he just comes running up laughing, and he just would like fall into me, and he would fall into me. And then I sit down, and I'm sitting there, and he'll run up, and he'll push on me. He'll push, 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 push. He's not very strong yet, but that's okay. So he'll push, 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 and then I'll just fall back. Whoa! And he'll like land on top of me, and it's just laughter. It's just joy. And he'll get up, and he's like, ha, 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 and then he comes back, and he just pushes. And I fall back, and I, and I just like hold him, and he just laughs, and he laughs, and he laughs. And he laughs, and he laughs, and he laughs. And it was disruptive because we were trying to watch a, a DVD, and there's like this like Bible study lesson going on. Yet, you know, my, some of my small group friends are here, and they're like, yeah, you know. <laughs> it was fun to watch. It brought joy to the whole living room. See, joy is experiential. Joy is something you know. 
and it happens and it transforms you. That is the power of joy. That is a picture of the kingdom of God. That's the picture. It's relational. It's being connected to your creator who has delight in you and takes delight in you and just is thrilled with his creation and, and he's just calling you into life. And he's saying, let my power and my authority be the source for all that you do and all that you are so that you could know joy and you could know peace and you could know hope. Let me in. And if that was it, like I think that would be great. That we just get to experience joy and we just get to receive joy and it's just all about me being joyful. And then I just like start to swell from all my joy and I just like can't contain it. Here's the deal. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to contain your joy because it's not just for you. Listen to this in Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him. Y'all tracking with me? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Because there is a joy set before us. There is a joy set before us that we have to cling to and be compelled by and be transformed by so we can make it through, so that we can persevere so that we can begin to let our lives be hope to people who are in a hurting place. See, there's a joy set before us that, that just goes way bigger and way further than this weekend or this moment or this season or this year. There was a joy set before Jesus so that he could endure the cross. I have yet to have to endure a cross. But it was joy that called him forward. It was identity and, and connectedness to the kingdom of God, the power and the authority and the relationship with his father. Where is it that you need to set joy before you so that you can persevere? Where is it that maybe you've lost sight of the joy that you've been called to in the kingdom? Where is there a more compelling vision for your life that is found in God's kingdom so that all people, all people, yes, you and your neighbor and your friend and your coworker and your brother and your sister and your cousin and your mom, your dad, your grandparents, so that all people might know that there is cause for great joy. surrounded by this cloud of witnesses, we're being called forward so that it's not just a benefit for me, but it becomes a benefit for us. For us. That my life, the joy I experience, the story that I'm living gets told and retold and told again as I fix my eyes on Jesus. As I fix my eyes on Jesus. 
So where in your life do you long for more joy? Where in your life are you wishing things would be different? Where in your life are you already experiencing great joy? Are you experiencing great freedom and great delight? Where in your story might you be invited to the joy set before you? That you can persevere through the storms, you can make it through the trials, and you can live by the power of God loving you, near you, with you, walking with you through everything that you face. That you would know your life is a life that the kingdom has had an inbreaking to and is calling you forward.